This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Chris Billet. My name is Paul Anderson. My name's Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Okay, awesome. Do you, have you guys, um, did any of you see any of the FA Cup highlights, the FA Youth Cup highlights? Are you, are you getting no. warmed up no. for the FA Cup? It wouldn't warm you up for the FA Cup, because obviously we, we lost by four goals to nil. Um, there was a mention in the paper to say that there was supposed to be a couple of like, the first-team teenagers pushed in there. I think Carr's the only one that ended up playing that's got a first-team appearance. Nick Ballardo played, I think. Did he? I, I'm not sure if I saw yeah, his name. Right, I, okay. I saw the lineup go up and I was looking to see who was in there and I recognised Nick Ballardo. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. I'll just flick through it now, actually, to see sort of who was back, because it did did actually catch my eye a little bit, because obviously there's a couple of lads that are out on loan that were obviously involved. So there was that Boyd was in next, and obviously he's been out um, on loan with Carlisle City. He played out on loan with Carlisle City this week, in fact, as well. Um, So I don't know the terms of these loan contracts. Like, they're just going to be confusing. But as far as... Are they? All right. Oh, yeah, I think they're like, potentially yeah. allowed to loan a player out, but then still use them in youth competitions. Yeah, Bell was there as well. Yeah, like you say, yeah. Bell was there as well. He was a part of the team. So there must be there must be something in it. Like, there must be some kind of youth loan thing where you can still play for the youth team in, I don't know, whatever. Especially, yeah. like, Bell's playing in Scotland as well, so it's not like he's going to be in the same FA Youth Cup. And I don't think the FA Youth well, Cup is at Carlos level. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, now, 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 yeah, definitely. Just to clarify, yeah, you're right. Nick Melando did play in that game, and it was in front of nearly 500 people as well at Brunton Park. So I mean, it's good to see people are going down there to support them. I don't think they'll get that many more opportunities this year to go down and support them. Obviously, being knocked out of that, but I'm sure they'll be involved in the County Cup games that we all have to look forward to in the future. Right, lads. Before I did mention I didn't want to get too preamble I feel like I've had a quite a large preamble there. So let's yeah. get started. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, Reed Maris, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is, of course, episode 88. 
eight, and I am buzzing to be joined by the two men I like to call the Cumbrian Brain Trust. That's right, I'm talking about Wills and Blue Army TVs, Liam Denwood. How are you doing, boys? You all right? Spawn. Yeah, spawn. Yeah. <laughs> See, I've been doing my promo stuff for my wrestling channel, my commentary channel. So I'm obviously quite amped up. I've got your introductions and stuff like that <laughs> sorted out. I mean, I'm getting myself really excited because at the start of the show, we obviously know it's time for one thing and one thing only. That means it's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think it's <laughs> trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. Joke of the week. Get it, <laughs> Oh, dear me. Yeah, I've just been doing wrestling commentary all day on different videos, just trying to get myself psyched up. And I think I've had too much sugar, lad. So, um, I mean, I'm going to back it up with a cracking joke, though. Here go we go. What? Did one hat say to the other hat? Um, go on. What did one hat say to the other hat? You stay here. I'll go on ahead. Whoa! What a joke! <laughs> <laughs> they are getting better. These, you know. Hey, I'm a hit. Yeah, the drink you a bit, but then you'll throw the drink in again. <laughs> We surprise you. We can surprise you every now and again. And uh, just before we dive in to the match reports, lads, the kind of biggest bit of rumour mill news involving an ex-Cumbrian is uh, I'm talking about Jared Bramthwaite and his current loan situation at PSV Eidenhoven. There are rumours circulating that Jared might be recalled by Everton because um, conflicting to reports, Jared hasn't really been having too many first team opportunities his loan spell started very well he was put back into the squad against Arsenal but Everton are going to kind of see how things are going over the next month and might consider bringing the young Cumbrian back now boys let's stir the pot even a little bit more with Jared because we like to talk about our sort of higher profile Cumbrians around here it's always good to talk about them in the rumour mill um Wills Jared should he stay should he go what do you reckon Uh, well I don't know I don't know like what the actual stats are on the games he started um obviously when he starts it makes the news or when he plays it makes the news um I have like looked out a couple of times when I've seen sort of PSV um fixtures listed on the BBC website and kind of like had a look and seeing if he's in there and a couple of times I saw and he's not in the squad so um you know um is he just kind of getting put in the ones where like you know RPSV perhaps already qualified from their group and I don't know no, I, I haven't looked into that exactly. Yeah. No, I don't think so, though. I wouldn't say so. I think everything's still up in the air in that group. Yeah. Um, Liam, you seem to know a little, a little bit more about that group. You nodded your head there. You have some Europa League knowledge. <laughs> I think they are through now right. after they beat Arsenal. I think that's them into the knockout rounds. Yeah. But I think a lot of people were saying that he probably should have been man of the match against Arsenal. And you think that's probably the best team arguably in England right now, they're top of the Premier League and, you know, they're doing all right in Europe. 
Uh, it wasn't a full-strength Arsenal team by any stretch of the imagination, but you see coming on towards the end of the match, Gabriel Jesus, Bakayo Saka, them sort of players were pushed on yeah. uh, off the bench. You know, they started with, I think, Eddie and Ketier up front um, for Arsenal. So he's playing against like some really, really top-notch players there and putting in a, an arguably man-of-the-match performance. I think Cody Gakpo got it in the end because obviously he scored. I think he's got two goals. Oh, got a goal and an assist or something like that. But, yeah, you know, the PSV fans seem to be really happy with him um, being there because obviously he's still a teenager, I think. Um, and, he, and I think he's getting some good experience there. I don't really think there's any need to bring him back. He's not going to start every game for one of the top clubs in a top European league. Like, PSV will be challenging for the title again this season and they will be challenging towards the latter stages of the Europa League. So I think it it maybe might be a bit optimistic to expect him to start every game, but he is playing against some top good teams and getting some really good experience domestically and in European competitions. So I'd probably I would probably keep him there if I was Evan. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of play devil's advocate, the only reason you would bring him back is to obviously think, well, from between now and the end of the season, you're going to play like X amount of games. It might be one of those advantages that, you know, Everton want to have in having first team quality players that aren't internationals, that aren't going to be involved in the World Cup and are going to be given the opportunity to kind of rest. Because a lot of people are thinking this Winter World Cup is going to affect teams coming out the back of it because there might be fatigue going into the sort of the last games of the season and the player like Jared who is probably arguably first team quality for an Everton centre back uh, could could potentially give them like quite quite good backup towards the end of the season so maybe that's where they're coming from but yeah um i would expect him if i was from the Everton side of for him to be playing pretty much week in, week out at PSV Eidenhoven. Otherwise, you would have maybe pushed him into that championship bracket. We've spoken about that kind of thing in the past and maybe given him experience a little bit closer to home. I imagine PSV Eidenhoven said he would play and that's kind of big part of the reason he was pushed out there. I don't think he would have been put out on loan unless it was under the illusion that he would be playing the majority of the games. And I reckon if Everton do bring him back, it will be to play a first team football. And I think that first team football is arguably more valuable to him in the Premier League than it would be in in, in the Dutch division. But that's just my opinion on it. And and you know, you know, if you guys have got anything else you want to say on the matter, then dive in. <laughs> well, it's Everton's his club. So if yeah. you know, if he has a chance to play first team football for his club in the Premier League, then you know, regardless of any kind of like the difference in quality between playing some games in the Europa League and playing in the Premier League. You know, even if that wasn't the case, I'd still kind of think you're better off playing games for your club who are the ones who are paying you, who are the ones who you want to get a contract with. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Liam, are you all are you all took it out on the idea? I just I'm not sure he would start if he came yeah. back to Everton because he and you even talk about players not going to the World Cup. Everton have got Connor Cody starting for them at the minute, and I'd highly doubt he'll go. To the World Cup, you know, you never know with Gareth Southgate and his favourites, but I wouldn't expect him it's a thing to now, go isn't there. It? <laughs> well, it is a thing. Yeah, but it's like every time no, someone says Gareth Southgate, now it's always and his favourites. <laughs> <laughs> so it might not be needed, but and I, and I think the Eredivisie is one of those leagues where 
probably the better sides in that league are better than championship quality, but the worst sides in that league are probably league one quality. Like, it's a league where he'll be playing some really, really top sides like Ajax or AZ Alkmaar, however you pronounce them. But then he'll also be playing the likes of like Sparta, Rotterdam and, and, play, and clubs like that who maybe wouldn't be as good as what you'd be playing in the championship. And I think Jared Brunfort is one of those players at the moment. I, I think he'll get better, but at the moment, I think he's probably too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. So maybe being in that kind of league, which is sort of somewhere in between the Premier League and the Championship, maybe that's where he's best being at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like you're probably splitting hairs when you could maybe say like a like a Bundesliga team might have been a better sort of division for him to go to because I would say the standard in that league is a bit higher, but you know also higher than the Championship, like unarguably. But it has that gap between the top and the bottom. But yeah, to to move away from that, lads, we'll dive right into the match report. I think we've talked to Jared just about as much as we possibly can. Carlisle United have returned to the playoff positions. We now occupy seventh in the table after beating Tramia in their own back yard. Two goals from Dennis were the deciding factor in the game. And I mean, a really, really positive performance after some difficult games back-to-back that we had to talk about last week. So before we get to talk about all the good stuff from this week, as we normally do here on the Blue Army Podcast, just before we start the match report, I'll give you all the Carlisle United starting lineup for the game that happened this weekend. Gone in net, there was Hoyley with a backline of Ellis, Huntington, Feeney, Mellish and Armour, Charters, Guy and Moxon made up the midfield with Dennis and Stretton, who was returning up front. Now, lads, the first thing that jumps out at me about the Carlisle United starting lineup to this game is yes, of course, there's injuries, of course, there's been some forced changes, but the backbone to this team is some really good passionate, homegrown talent that has been in some way affiliated with our youth team. I'm talking about Ellis Charters and Moxon, of course. I mean, it must just be... I mean, it is. It's a really healthy thing for Paul Simpson and for the Carlisle United squad to be growing from within, wouldn't you say, Liam? Yeah, it's a good thing just to have Cumbrian players in there. Like you mentioned... Charters, Moxon and Ellis, I'd throw Huntington into that bracket as well. Uh, Just yeah. players from the county that represent the county because Carlisle as a club being, I'm not going to count Barra because I still consider them Lancashire, but like it's it's the only <laughs> professional club in the county in my opinion. Uh, so they're not just representing Carlisle, they're representing Cumbria and that's, I feel like they're called the Cumbrians you know, they did represent the whole county. <laughs> so that's what I'm telling myself because I live in Maryport. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, you got some brilliant young players there like Charters who I saw a stat where his last three appearances have all been his last three league starts have all been under different managers, which I thought is mental. And it's great to see these players getting chances like Taylor Charters, Jack Ellis. Owen Moxon were all candidates and Huntington were all candidates for man of the match. And there's that brilliant picture at the end. I don't know if you've seen it of all four of them. 
Um, and, and Carla put it on all their social medias. They're really trying to milk the photo and I don't blame them. But it's like the Cumbrians in our team. And it's such a nice thing because I think one of the biggest problems under Stephen Presley for me, when Danny Granger left and we were left with like no homegrown players in the team. And I said in one of my videos ages ago, I said there's that real disconnect between the players on the pitch and the fans because there's no Cumbrian players in the team. You know, they were all sort of Southern people, you know, you know, like they didn't really connect with the fans as much as these players do. And it's it's brilliant to see that, that uh, them Cumbrian players coming in the team. Yeah, I mean, on, on the bench, you had Nick Balando as well, and you had Carr, like more, more players that have been involved in the youth team. Wills, do you personally feel that it is important for a, a, a team at any level to have some kind of homegrown talent in the squad? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's important to have players that the fans have a connection with. And sometimes you do get that with kind of players who aren't from the area. Obviously, you've got like, you know, the likes of Peter Murphy in the past, um, Jabbo. But, um, you know, when you've got like players who are local or like came up, you know, even came up through your own youth system, then... The fans really want to see these players succeed. They do tend to give them a little bit more slack as well if they have the odd poor game because it's kind of like, you know, one of our own. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's like absolutely essential, but I think it like really, you know, I think it helps. Um, certainly um, somewhere like up, up here in Carlisle where we're so far away from the rest of the country that, you know, you potentially would have players from, like, hundreds of miles away and no one from within a, you know, even, like, a reasonable radius. Um, Oh, you remember, like, back when Graham Kavanagh was a manager and he just allowed players to commute and, you know, players were hardly spending any time even in Carlisle, which later caused problems that Keith Curl fell out with Billy Painter. I think that was basically over the fact that um, well, that Graham Kavanagh had allowed all these players who had no connection to Cumbria to just be like, come up for training. You can knock off early if you want because you've got to drive back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he bred in, bred in that kind of culture, didn't he? And it seems yeah. like Simpsons bringing in a completely different type of culture into the football club. And we are starting to see a number of benefits in a number of different ways, not only in the way that he's able to harness this youth talent in a way arguably no other manager has. It's not like, like, like you said, um, yeah. Liam, Charters has started under three other managers, but we still consider him to be a really young Cumbrian, you know, youth prospect. He has been round the block a few times and he has been given the opportunity, but I don't think he played as good in the first team as he did against Tranmere. And we'll go on now to talk about the Tranmere game. And uh, I mean, Liam, I have I have dumped this shit of a question on your doorstep once or twice. So you're going to get a bit of relief now, thankfully. I mean, how good is it for us to actually start a game this well? <laughs> uh. It's a lot better, you know, and and we started very quickly as well. What was it, 40-odd seconds? It was like 38 seconds. 38 seconds. And a mad statistic, it wasn't even the first goal in the league. There was one earlier by someone. I don't know who it was, but it was only the second league goal of the day. But I think <laughs> I think the the big thing about that is as as good as Dennis is to be in that position straight from kickoff, 
Jack Stretton does absolutely unbelievably out wide. And I think that goal is one of the ones where the assist's better than the goal itself. Like the assist's better than the finish. And I think it's an example of how awful League Two kickoffs are. Because it was it was from a it wasn't even as if we'd scored thirty some seconds in from our kickoff. It was a Tranmere kickoff. Yeah, I hate kickoffs <laughs> in this league. <laughs> but they just booted out a play. And I, I think I think I understand why they do it. I think it's to sort of start the game in your opposition's half. I think that's the thinking behind it. Yeah. But I hate it. And every team does it, including us. Yeah. And I just think and I, you know, I'm, I'm saying this on behalf of Tramway fans. Why are you doing that? Why are you just booting it straight out of play? Because something like this is going to happen. I feel like you just have a shot from kickoff, and you'll ha- you'll get better results. You'll cause more of a threat than what you're doing now. But it was absolutely unreal from us to finally get you know kickoff in a good way, and that's what we did. And it was just it set the tempo right from the start. And I think it, it worried Tramway. It really shook them. You know, they've been breezing really. Recently, you know, they've been getting win after win after win. They were the most informed club going into this game. And we've gone there, scored within 30-odd seconds, and they thought, oh, God, we, this isn't going to be as easy as it usually is. And they've bricked it a bit. And I think that's maybe what – that early goal is maybe what sort of sealed the game. That's it, man. Let me tell you about the early goal. There's a number of key moments in the early goal. A really nice uh, interception from Mellish that won us the ball back. Moxon, um, with some nice little footwork, gets the ball out to Guy, who plays a really good, I'd say, 30, 35-yard pass down the wing into Stretton. And Liam, you've already mentioned the really good work that he's done out wide to get that ball into the box. And Dennis the Menace just... I mean, it, it, that's what he does day in, day out. If you put it in a plate for him, he's going to do that, isn't he, Wills? I mean, how good was it for us to finally score early on in a game? How did it make you feel? Yeah, I actually missed the goal because I've just tuned <laughs> I've just tuned in on the radio and it was like obviously you know it was a few minutes before like I realized the Carlisle were one nil up. Um, so I know I was a little bit surprised as well. Like we've scored, you know, we've scored in the opening minutes of a game. Um we scored fairly early on against Crawley on the opening day of the season, but I think like since then, like we you know the number of goals we score even just in the first half is quite low compared to how many we score overall. But it makes a huge difference to the game because, you know, suddenly it's, you know, you're basically starting the game with a one-goal start and immediately messes up potentially the opposing manager's plans. I mean, um, from what I can see, uh, we scored a goal that early on in the game. Tramia did dominate most of the possession and they had slightly more shots, but, you know, no more shots on goal than we had. Seven corners, though, to our uh, zero. So that's a bit of a mad stat, uh, to have no corners in a game. I would, I'd would i never put a bet on no corners for a team. That's, that's a bit of a, a mad stat. We're into our stats today, aren't we, boys? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't until the second half that Carlisle... Uh, really set themselves up for victory. Uh, There was a free kick that we won 
down the right-hand side in the second half and there looked to be a nice little set-piece routine being set up. And the ball was put in by Moxon and I believe it was Stretton who was fouled in the box because after the game, I've heard rumours that Stretton asked Dennis if he could take the penalty, to which Dennis obviously laughed at him and said no because he's on such a hot streak. You know, he's probably, <laughs> you know, when you're on for a golden boot, you're not just going to give penalties away. Ah, yeah, you're going you're gonna to take your penalties. Um, but um, it's really nice uh, to see how well Carlos setting up from set pieces, obviously making Tramia very nervous. And then the penalty, Dennis sends the keeper the wrong way. Once again, showing his experience and his quality. This time actually finishing with his left foot as well from the penalty spot. I mean, what a player, what a striker that, I mean, Millen managed to find us from from, from Scotland. I mean, it's, it's been an absolute revelation this season. And um, I mean, Liam, for us to be scoring from the penalty spot, that coolie, well-taken penalty. Yeah, and it's brilliant because it, it puts him into double figures for the season. He's a player that I ask, actually wanted us to release in the summer. And I, I'm, I'm very glad we didn't now because I said I had a video put out about squad talk or something like that and I said Dennis is getting on a bit now he looks a bit slow I don't <laughs> think he can do it anymore I think we should maybe let him go and I, I'm very glad we didn't do that now uh, <laughs> you know I thought Ryan Edmondson was going to be double figures by this point in the season but it's Dennis <laughs> instead um, and I'm glad I'm glad, he, I'm glad he's done it because you know he's been a big part of this team and penalty it's hard to do that you know you, you know People always expect you to score penalties, but he's taking it with his left foot and he's sent the keeper the wrong way. That is a hard thing to do, that penalty technique. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he did it. You know, very, very good penalty. And, and the thing is, I was never in doubt of it either. You just get confidence when he steps up to the, to the spot. You really do. Um, you couldn't imagine anyone else taking a penalty right now other than Dennis. And uh, I mean, Will's... Yeah. For us to be winning and getting a clean sheet as well, how important is that? Yeah, especially good. Um, I see um, Holy pulled off a really good save as well at 1-1. So it's good to see that, you know, he can do his bit as well to keep, you know, to keep the goals out. And, um, you know, being difficult to break down, which is kind of what we have been for, like, most of the season, you know, had, like, hiccups against the likes of Leighton Orient and Stockport. But for the most part, we have been difficult to score against. So keeping that up, you know, make managers come to us thinking, I'm going to have to set up here a bit more attacking maybe than I'd like because these are quite good at the back. And then that's the sort of thing that can create opportunities for the likes of Stretton and Dennis to find space up front. So, you know, it's just all part of all part of the whole. I think we've had it in our locker for a couple of weeks now that we look like a team that are capable of pushing any other team in the division to some kind of result. You know, we've got enough in our locker. The way that we play is very tricky to, to set up against the formation that we have, the way that we use Mellish. You know, there's no other team in the league that can really do that with the squads that they necessarily have. Mellish is a unique, uh, beautiful creature that we seem to have found ourselves <laughs> on the pitch. And I mean, Simpson really seems to be using him and molding him and giving him this kind of like position that he's he's engineered, you know, this this maraudering centre back, this sort of Pepe like creature <laughs> that that sort of like somehow ends up in in, in the box, Better even though he's Pepe. supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, I mean, it, it's amazing. It's 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 another. It's it's a clean sheet, which is fantastic. Like I said, for a couple of weeks now, we've looked like we can beat teams, but the only problem is we can score goals, yes, but we can't necessarily. Um, um, start games well or keep a clean sheet as a result of not being able to start games well obviously and that seems to have been a little bit solved in this game defense looking very solid and as a result of that three of the back line were a part of the uh, the league's team of the week Hoyley, uh, Feeney and Huntington were all given nominations for the league two team of the week as a result of their performances in this victory but gentlemen who are you going to nominate for your Foxy's feature man of the match because we all know that's what the the Carlisle United fans are eagerly waiting to hear about. Not the team of the week results. They hear they want to hear the Foxy's feature man of the match results. Wills, who are you nominating for your man of the match for this game? Uh, it can only be Christian Dennis, I think. If you score two goals, then someone has to put in a extra special performance to beat you to man of the match. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be some pretty special circumstances uh, to be able to do that. Liam, can you argue against Dennis for winning man of the match? I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. I've got to stick with the the Maryport bias you know give it a tail of charters for me you look brilliant and, and i'm doing that you know christian dennis is probably the correct answer but you know yeah he could have got himself a goal or an assist couldn't he charters <laughs> yeah he had that, that one good chance that didn't he? and ended yeah. up being caught offside but, yeah. <laughs> See, because, which i don't think he was i don't think he was offside in that you know looking it's hard back to at tell that. off the highlights because i think kind of like an oblique angle an awkward angle isn't it yeah. but i thought they're one of their fullbacks was further back than him so Whatever, we, it didn't really matter in the end. But you know, even even with that chance being missed, the like uh, the attacking threat that he, they had, and he just won so many headers in the attacking third, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And Gibson's a really good player, but that's one of the things Gibson doesn't offer us. And it was nice to see that you know you, you've got that over attacking midfield option that can offer you something a little bit different. And I thought he had a really good game. Um, and I'm going to give a very biased, uh, definitely not. Uh, fair man of the match nomination for Taylor Charts. Yeah, it's it, it's difficult for me because like, I I one of the reasons I love football isn't just because of what happens in front of you on the pitch. Part of the reason I love football is the stories that come with football, and I think on this occasion it's a better story to give Taylor Chart as the man of the match. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it works. Well, this time it is, buddy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was a really good performance. How many opportunities have I had? To, you know, he's never had one before from me, so I just really want to give it to him. I think he did really well during the game. Yes, the smarter head would say Dennis. Very good choice. Very good choice. You know, and even arguably, uh, like a, hun- a Hoyley for getting the clean sheet might even also deserve man of the yeah. match. I was torn there as well. Um, he had a couple of key saves during the game, but I am. It's it's it is just a better story. Story, so I'm giving it to Taylor Charters. <laughs> this is the best game the Charters has had for us. That yeah. seems to be the case. And, you know, it's good that also uh, these players who step in, like Jack Ellis, um, like Jack Stretton has done, have started to do really well for us, which has often not been the case in the previous managers. We've normally had a starting eleven. But whenever someone else has to come in, whether it's a you know whether it's a loney or or one of our own youth products, they've always kind of like struggled a bit. 
Um, but you know, under you know, Simpson seems to be able to get the best out of a big squad. And I, I wouldn't say we've got a big squad, but you know, to get the best out of having to rotate a bit, having to use different players rather than just saying these are my first eleven. I mean, you look at Cody Whelan, um, didn't start as a first team player came in because he had to because of Feeney's injury and I think also an injury to Huntington earlier on was excellent, retained his place, um, but now he's lost it. Feeney's come back in. He did come on as a sub, so I think like, you know, Simpson's aware that, you know, you have to keep these players ticking over. You can't just kind of like drop them for ages and expect them to come up. But like, I mean, like, you know, Feeney got plenty of appearances off the bench usually late on in matches to tie things over while Fe, you know, while Feeney wasn't starting. And I think like Simo knows how to how to you know just keep these players ticking over. I have to agree with you definitely. Paul Simpson has to be one of the best managers. I mean, not just at this level, but potentially in the country at developing younger talents. I mean, you just have to look at his accolades with England. Yeah, well, that Uh, was his job, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, like, you can see where his background is and you can see where it kind of applies into management. And maybe it does lend itself to our level of football you know that our level of football is the kind of uh, teams rely on young players being released from teams further up the football pyramid to be becoming a part of their first team and then being able to develop those into saleable assets and and really key players that's how a lot of the teams function at our level they don't really harvest players as a part of the youth team now we've got this amazing asset as a manager who can kind of do both he can develop players from 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 outside of the squad that drop down at that young age but maybe when Paul Simpson makes the transition to be working with more uh, squads that are dominated by more experienced players he can maybe come a cropper trying to control those dressing rooms and and, and maybe he's, he's, he's had that a little bit in the past with a couple of unruly dressing rooms that were difficult to maybe instill his things into but at this level I think you know and being able to uh, become a real sort of long stay with Carlisle United and bring his football and sort of theories into the way we do things, the methodology of how he wants to run a football club, not just his football team. It's only going to stand us in great stead because, yeah, like I said, I do think he is genuinely one of the best managers at being able to just develop talent and get the best out of his players, but only if the players are going to buy into his philosophy. Liam? Yeah, there's not really much more to add to it. He's just a brilliant manager. And what you said about him being the best in the country, give him, don't give him the England job because I want him here. But um, <laughs> genuinely, he genuinely does a better job than Gareth Southgate. And that's how Gareth Southgate got the England job as well, <laughs> by the way. favourites. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but the thing is, that's how Gareth Southgate got his job. He was the England under-21s manager. And Paul Simpson achieved more with the England you've set up than Southgate ever did. So in my eyes, that makes him more qualified than Southgate so yeah it's amazing the circumstances that have landed Paul Simpson back on our doorstep and something else I wanted to get your predictions for gentlemen is what's going to happen next week in Carlisle United's FA Cup fixture against 
That's right. It's Tranmere again. <laughs> so, I mean, we beat them 2-0 this week, but, you know, what are we in store for? A backlash? Are they going to change everything? Well, we're obviously not going to change. We haven't changed our formation uh, in, a, in, in a very long time. We've got our way of playing football. Liam, what do you think the result is going to be in the FA Cup at home this time, obviously, against Tranmere? I'd love it just to be a rinse and repeat 2-0. And yeah. that's what I'm going to go for. Yeah. Maybe just put the exact same team out as well, just to sort of run it home. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 2-0, I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going I'm to dive straight in. I'm going to say 2-0 as well. I'd like a rinse and repeat. I don't think it's going to be exactly the same, uh, but I think we'll try. I think we'll try and get a goal early and um, we'll, we'll just see what happens. But I'm, I reckon we've, you know, we've shown we've got the quality to beat them. I don't think there's that much you can do in a week to really uh, instill enough into the losing team for them to overcome us within the space of a week. So, yeah, uh, hopefully 2-0 Carlisle United will. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious and say 1-0. Like Tramir have learned a bit about us and, you know, they're overall a decent team. So, you know, you've got to think there's a chance that they'll be better on Saturday than they were last week. But they have had a game midweek as well, so they're maybe going to be a little bit more leggy. They drew nil-nil with Stockport last night. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. All of these become a factor. And uh, what became a factor as a part of us winning the game is that we once again reclaimed a spot in those playoff positions. We're in seventh position and there are seven more games in the league between now and Christmas Day. So, gentlemen, I'm going to put you on the spot. Just before on this day, I'm going to ask you for your Christmas Day Carlisle United League position predictions. And we'll probably go over it on the Christmas episode. Liam, where do you reckon Carlisle are going to be on Christmas Day? Fourth. 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 I'm gonna say fourth. I think we just I just I just got a good 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 just got a good feeling about it. Yeah, yeah, the only way is up, Wills. What are you saying? Fifth. Oh. Similar to Liam, we're gonna just kind of Plug keep along. doing well. Yeah, it depends obviously how other teams do, but I think we both think that we're gonna do well between now and Christmas and hopefully establish ourselves in the promotion race. Yeah, I can only see things going well. Yeah. I'm also going to say fifth. Yeah, fifth. I'm only going to go fifth. I think it's going to be a long climb if we do start pushing into those sort of automatic positions. And uh, I think we've yeah. got the consistency just to sort of have a slow build and be in amongst that towards the end of the season. But uh, I don't think we need to peak too early and I don't think we are going to be able to peak too early based on the points that the teams above us kind of have as well and how good other teams are in the division. Now, gentlemen, before we sign off, it is time for On This Day and it mentions Liam Denwood's favourite former Carlisle United chairman on this day. (laughs) I wonder who. (laughs) (laughs) On this day in 1994, Michael Knighton discussed plans of building a national 
Football Museum in the what was then newly constructed East Stand. And my question to you, gentlemen, is a, that is a bit of a pie on the sky idea <laughs> as an improvement for Brunton Park. But there might be more modest improvements that you would like to make around Brunton Park, like perhaps adding your favourite fish and chip shop as a van around the East Stand or opening some kind of cider press bar um, in the paddock so my question to you gentlemen is in an ideal world if you could add something to Brunton Park to make your experience there a little bit more special to you you know your favorite burger your favorite beer whatever it is what would you like to see happening at Brunton Park maybe it's music I don't know maybe it's happened but something different for halftime entertainment right I've rambled enough to give you both enough time to (laughs) Think of something to say, Wills. Um, yeah, it'd be good to kind of get local bands in to do like a halftime show, which I know they did once in the East Stand, but it was badly planned, and um, they, they, you know, they got that they got a couple of bands in that play heavy music, and we talked about this before. Stuck them right next to the crash in a little concrete. Or you know a, a little concrete echo chamber thing, and what's it, all it, this noise? Yeah, what's all this just, noise. I'm trying just, to have a pint. Just get them on the pitch. Get them on the pitch. Um, improve the you know um, improve the facilities in the Warwick Road end a bit. Be nice. Um, you know, just you know, maybe a proper bar, proper toilets. <laughs> proper bar, um, proper toilet. Yeah. Find something to do with the petrol end, you know. Um, we, you know, we've got it there. It's not doing anything. Could we maybe like put a roof on it? Would be nice. the box. <laughs> yeah. Could we kind of like build boxes behind it? You know, like if you've seen Luton's stadium, they've got like mm. one. They've got like one side of the ground is just boxes. All right. So like the the people who are in boxes are like at pitch level. It's a bit strange. I wouldn't have it on the side, but, you know, we've got this stand that's not really doing anything. That's not a bad idea. A couple of fishing containers make a unique experience for a couple of stag (laughs) dudes or whatever. I don't know. That'd be all right. Yeah, think outside the box. Yeah, Yeah, put a jacuzzi in the corner like like you did in Holland. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you excuse the pun. (laughs) Liam, is there anything that you'd add to Brunton Park to make your match day experience just a little bit better? Well, other than, like, putting a roof on the waterworks end, which I think is the obvious answer. They used to do these cheeseburgers in the Pioneer stand. That they just, <laughs> them up. I used to get one every week. And like, to be fair, when they stopped doing them, I lost weight because I stopped eating them all the time. Because I, I, I used to eat, I used to <laughs> eat them, them back. <laughs> but like at the same time, they, they, they brought in pizzas, which replaced the cheeseburgers yeah. and the pizzas are like God awful. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not a big fan. Um, but How many of these bring, cheese- how many of these cheeseburgers were you eating per match? <laughs> we, play, we play like what, like 20, 25 odds. The sort of I'm not. I'm not inclined to say. Games a uh-huh. like, how many do you have to eat per match for it to have an effect on you? <laughs> <I'm> really... <laughs> no, I, I mean, don't I want think, to say. 
because if I know the answer. This is an argument for not bringing back the cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> William, William to think about it. He's a young lad. He doesn't need if, to if you think that's bad, mate, if you think that's bad, I want them to bring back the jumbo Brunton pasties, mate. I want them. To, I want them to go back large again. They're not as big as they used to be. And I reckon the answer is to have a big version and a smaller version, yeah. and, and that'll just be the way to go forward. So that'll be the way I'd improve it. I want the massive. And pasties back the ones that last you through the first half, they're the ones I want back. I always wanted the proper scotch pies back, and you know, that's thankfully happened. So, just to let people know as well, um, if you ever want to try and get a free pasty or a free pie, <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't, <laughs> that's our secret. Well, you might have to tune in next week to find out. <laughs> <laughs> how to how to do that, or uh, you know, just just poke your nose a bit around yeah. Brunton Park. You might find them. You might find them. You might find them at the end of a match day. But yeah, that's well said, Wills. Maybe yeah. I won't give everything away just yeah. now. It's <laughs> kind of drip feed it, so there's I have two, to keep coming back. There's at least to the two secrets of Brunton Park yeah. that we've managed now yeah. to keep kind of secret. There's there's that there's that one. Um, in in the stands where you like to be, yeah. uh, there's a there's a secret place to go potty. Uh, oh, I I've been doing that for years. Yeah, yeah. but not everyone knows about no. the secret place. Not everyone. Yeah, knows those who know know. There'll be people listening here going, "I know." But yeah, yeah if you want to find out how to get a free free food, next week Liam will tell you where to go and the week after he'll tell you when to go and the week after that he'll tell you what to do when you get there so you can like three weeks the there secret down password the yeah. secret password <laughs> <laughs> well yeah yeah we'll leave them hanging we'll leave you hanging this week so there's nothing else really left for us to do apart from saying bye for now bye bye, bye. <laughs>Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. 
The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.